All right. Welcome, everyone, into the podcast. This week, we're going to be going over the divisional breakdown of the NFC East in particular. While we were recording, we thought we would have time for NFC West. So if any mention of the NFC West, we want to apologize. We will be doing NFC West next week. So we're going to be doing the divisional breakdown of the NFC East and our reports from around the realm. And remember, this podcast is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 46 now, the Dynasty Monarchy podcast it is wednesday june 29th whoever you may be however you may be listening apple podcast spotify as well as others welcome welcome in guys we're all back for another week jace holding it down in the desert max and super producer up in the land gentlemen how are we doing i'm i'm pretty tilt right now peter i mean i'm really uh i'm trying to put my smile on and power through but you uh you've irked me but Tell the people why. I I think if I do that, I might just explode, Peter. (laughs) Peter owns Elijah Moore in our Dynasty League, and Peter values Elijah Moore more so than all the money in the world combined. Like, it's crazy how much he values Elijah Moore. (laughs) I mean, the stuff that I've sent him is absolutely crazy. And every time I'm like, man, maybe I'll just get a counter. And they always get insta rejected. And then one time I got a counter and it was Jalen Waddle for Elijah Moore. And um, I wanted to throw my phone at the wall and that's how I feel about it. So I'm, I'm doing okay. Can I defend myself? Two seconds before we check in with the other guys. Go ahead. Hey, look, you know, I, I just, he's my favorite player on my favorite team. I'm not going to sell him unless it's at a high premium. You know, I, I have a roster like depth where I don't need to take like better deals right now. I'm just, I'm hanging out. Look, unless you're going to overpay me like crazy, I'm not going to move them. And that's where I'm at right now. I've learned that. I've learned that one. All right. What's going on? Jace, super producer. What's going on guys? Yeah. I got nothing much going on today is actually the, the night of the recording here on Tuesday. Today's my dad's birthday. So if he's listening on Wednesday here, happy belated birthday. I already sent him a text this morning, but Hoping he's having a good day, so I'm in good spirits. Happy birthday, yeah, man. Oh my goodness. Happy birthday. Yeah, man, I'm fired up. It is July 4th weekend coming up, so pretty excited for some fireworks, and I Ooh. think there's going to be some fireworks on this episode. <laughs> so I'm, I'm tuned in. Despite the fireworks between me and Max that went on before <laughs> oh. the podcast yelling about Elijah Moore, <laughs> that Nixie you would swear we had this scripted right we don't good lord that's something i wanted to talk about what player do you think is going to make fireworks next season in honor of the fourth of july one player that we think is going to start out small in like a fist-sized container and just boom shoot across the sky this year i'll go first mr elijah moore okay next (laughs) Uh, i think uh jason pierre paul he comes back with a vengeance Ooh, three finger it was a firework joke. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of fizzled out. Yeah. Oh man, I actually we're on a roll right now. I'll, I'll let others go first. 
who I got Josh Palmer this year. I, I foresee an injury to either Keenan Allen or Mike Will for a short amount of time and Josh P stepping in and dominating. I'm really Palm that Sunday. One. That's right. I have to go with uh, Darnell Mooney. Oh, yeah. Moon. We're going to talk about this guy later in the podcast. I don't know if the other boys saw this one, but Tryron Davis Price. I don't even know how to say his name. TDP. TDP. League winner. All right. Like, uh, like you heard earlier, we're going to be going into our divisional breakdown this week. So we have the NFC East. Some would say the NFC least. And on top of that, we have reports coming at you right now. But before we do that, wanted to shout out Underdog for another week of being the featured sponsor on the podcast. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Underdog lets you draft a season-long best ball team. The best part about it, you may ask, after you draft, no waivers after you draft, no trades after you draft. It is all dependent on your draft. Best ball league means the best players automatically get slotted right into your lineup. Best ball mania is going on uh, as well as the puppy, the puppy super flex cup. Uh, it's a tournament that I've entered right now. It's a $5 entry. First place taken home $50,000 uh, with a litany of prizes all the way down to just $7 if you're towards the back end. So again, $250,000 prize pool puppy. It's $5 best ball league super flex. Again, no trades, no waivers, no lineup setting. Just draft your team, sit back, relax if you can, and then enjoy. No doubt. With that being said, let's get into reports. All right, breaking news today. Terry McLaurin, three years, $71 million. I think I worked out the math, 54.25, 53.25 million guaranteed. Oof why that, that, that just that's where i'm at that that's my instant reaction is is why see mine and super producer nick c's instant reaction i think we both said it within like 10 seconds of each other in chat was rip terry mclaurin um i was really buying into terry purely before this just on the fact that he could go to another team like the chiefs like the packers something just fun and exciting but to be stuck in washington where they drafted johan dotson and I think it hurts his stock. And for that much money, I just – I don't understand. They're paying Carson Wentz a lot. They're paying Terry a lot. And they're going to finish probably last in the division. You know, from a professional sense, I think they got ahead of the curve. Christian Kirk set the market. Now they're kind of catching up to it. You know, I think professionally to have him, Dotson, and then Curtis Samuel, who I'm still really high on, and I think that Washington team is still very high on, I think it makes really good professional sense because I think – you know, if they landed Russell Wilson, this team would be ready to rock and roll. So, um, I don't know. I think it was a good professional signing. As for Terry, fantasy-wise, I think this kind of gives him an Allen Robinson-esque ceiling, an Allen Robinson-esque floor. I think, you know, you're looking at wide receiver 12 to 14 more often than not, and I think all that top five, top ten upside we wanted to see out of him is it's probably gone at this point. In particular, it, to, to get that top five, top ten upside, you either need to be an S-tier receiver, which, you know, there's only like five or six of them in a the league. You got to stay healthy, and you have to have consistent target share. Um, the only people that you can really see elevate past that um, would be teams that are insanely injured or have zero targets outside of them. Washington has a couple pieces that are good enough to siphon enough targets. If that would made perfect English, uh, he 
the top six op- upside is completely gone. I'd even say top 10 upside is completely gone on the season. I'd make a nice hefty chunk of money that he doesn't finish top 10, but again, I'm not going to, not going to do that because I care about my financial future. Uh, just putting that out there for anybody that's listening. So I don't get called on. I don't um, think do. Why? Because we play our dynasty league for money and you turn down trades that don't. Make uh, it doesn't add up, man. I'm still on the edge of my seat. Mm. everybody out there is going to think this is scripted it's not i think max <laughs> actually wants to bite my head off yeah. very tilt i wish i wish this was scripted all right um outside of that the 28 million dollar signing bonus is the largest for any receiver so again they do have a plan for him that's all i'll say i think it's one year or two years at the most experience for carson wentz terry fans if i'm you bet the over on wins Mm-hmm. So yeah. if the over on wins hits, you're happy. That usually means Terry McLaurin did well and you made money. If the under on wins hits, it usually means Carson Wentz isn't going to be there next year and they'll be drafting a quarterback. Win win. Yeah, I agree. And I also, real quick, wanted to touch in. You know, Terry, I think overall season points per game finish wise, I'm with you. Top 10, probably even top 12 is gone. I think he's going to sit somewhere between 13 and 20. But I do think if he's costing you wide receiver two money or low end wide receiver money, I do think if you're going for it, he's still a good piece to want to have, especially if you, you know, you got a loaded roster and you could fit him in as a flex, get him for cheap, kind of stack him as depth. I do think he's going to give wide receiver one weeks. Absolutely. I do think Carson Wentz is the best quarterback he's ever going to have played with. And I do think he's going to light it up here and there. Dotson's going to take some time to develop. Curtis Samuel's going to take some time. I think the wide receiver one weeks are there. The consistency, though, that's the biggest thing for me, for sure. All right, moving on. Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers has not rescinded his trade request. I still don't think he gets moved. They'll come to an agreement. They'll come to terms. Uh, if it was going to happen, it was going to happen already. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also, I don't know if you guys saw Sleeper updated a couple player positions. Everyone was per, like proposing that Debo Samuel had running back eligibility. Sleeper denied that one. Good on Sleeper. Good, Good on man. Sleeper. And then they removed Cordell Patterson as a wide receiver and just made him a running back. Ooh, I did not see that. Um, that kind of makes sense. But I don't know. I heard Cordero would, was going to be fitting into even more of a hybrid role, playing a lot more wide receiver than running back this upcoming year. So we'll see if maybe they adjust that one. But, you know, I don't think Debo's going to go anywhere either. It's too late in the season. We already got camp starting. We got people trying to learn the playbook. They're not going to bring a guy that's going to be used in a multifaceted way into a new offense and just try to restart everything. I do think he's there for a while. Um, let's, let's see what they can do. But I do think, I was talking to a guy today at work, you know, I think him running the ball like a running back, I think that's going to decrease by at least 50%, you know, if not zero. There's a reason they drafted that other back. Yeah, that and, you know, him personally, he's not going to want to start getting paid running back money because, of one, he was already injury prone coming in. Two, running backs never last long in this league. We talk about it all the time. That That's definitely gone, and I do think – Debo's being valued extremely high still, especially with the trade rumors still kind of wide open. If I'm a Debo owner, I'm still going to get whatever Hall is left because I think you can still get a pretty penny for the man. Absolutely. Uh, My Debo, I'm trying to think of a word that really means you don't care. 
aloofness. My Debo aloofness is well documented on the show. I, I just, there's a million other assets out there. There's a million other great players that are around equivalent value and go get them. Like I'd rather pony up another like second or two second round picks and go grab Devontae Adams. I'd rather, you know, go get Stefan Diggs, even though Diggs is a little older. I, I don't care. Sure. It's just, there's no reason that to go and get Debo Samuel and say, I need Debo right. in, in any league right now. And, and that's just my, my personal opinion. I love the Diggs Debo trade. If you know, Debo's younger, 100%. like you said, if you can make that straight up, I would do that 10 times out of 10. Like I, I love that one. Next up on the docket, Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings declares that their offense is not run first anymore. Kevin O'Connell new head coach uh, from the Los Angeles Rams moves over to Minnesota, a little more chilly than the Los Angeles Hollywood Boulevard style, but it looks like they're going to be passing a little bit more. I picked up Kirk cousins actually in the underdog league in that underdog puppy bowl league as my second quarterback and super flex. I got him as like the 20th quarterback off the board too. So again, if you can find these values in these best ball, these best ball lineups, it's huge. I think, Cousins is really going to ball out this year, fantasy-wise. Whether or not they win games, that's that's the bigger issue. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin, he's 26. He's getting up there in age. I think they're a smart team, a smart organization. They want to run this team through Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's been doing it these past two years, even with the team being run first. If we can get a more pass-heavy offense, Kirk can pick his game up a little bit. I mean, you're looking at Justin Jefferson's not finished as the wide receiver one yet so far in his career. So I think he could do it this year. Yeah, I'm a thousand percent with you. I do think this is the Justin Jefferson year, maybe a little bit of sophomore slumpage from Jamar Chase and maybe a bit of sophomore slumpage from Cooper Cup in his second season with, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson and maybe Odell being added to the mix more wide or more crowded wide receiver room than ever before. You know, Justin Jefferson completely bought in on him, just got done saying that. But this really makes me fade Dalvin Cook. I know he might get his, you know, his touches in the passing game, but I feel like he is just hanging over the cliff. I see Alexander Madison biting at his heels. I think Alexander Madison is definitely a priority for me if I have Dalvin Cook. Even if I'm going for it this year and I don't have Dalvin Cook, give me some Alexander Madison. But overall, Adam Thielen, probably super cheap think he's probably going to ball while he's on the field and moving forward if this is going to be the coaching staff I am investing in the wide receiver core over there in Minnesota yeah personally I've always loved KJ Osborne's tape make me make me sound nuts he's Um, having a great camp too from all the reports that I've seen too is he really yeah they love him he kind of popped Uh, again the, the great thing about this podcast is we're all so multifaceted in our uh like kind of twitter verses Right. I'm very like AFC East centric and obviously national media. Jace is all over the place and all over Twitter on dynasty Twitters and, and just fantasy football Twitter in general. And Max has it whole, whole completely hold down up in the AFC North uh, and that kind of Midwest section on Twitter as well. So we, we do get a, a lot of different perspectives. I did, had no idea about that though, Jace. Yep. They are absolutely loving him. They've been talking about him taking another step forward, utilizing his speed and just kind of, Uh, that foundation that he built for himself last year with the opportunities that he had. People are just raving about him. Speaking of best ball, man, I don't know where he's going right now, but he would definitely be a priority for me. 
Ooh, Nick C just threw in the chat. KJ Osborne, wide receiver 67 in underdog ADP. That, my friends, is going to be one of the best picks you'll ever make in underdog. That is a free wide receiver that is absolutely going to win you weeks this upcoming season. Jefferson, obviously, is the number one fantasy asset. We talked about this over Chase uh, a couple weeks ago on our Knights Duel episode. I think if you have a reasonable owner that values him at fair value, let's say that's five first-round picks. I think that's fair value. Yeah. Five first. Sure. Max, what do you think? You're shaking your head. Uh, Five first-round picks, like – are we talking like five twenty-five first-round picks, or like? I'm just saying objective, five random. Three first-round picks. A medley, a medley. Yeah, I think it's he's the, the tricolored nachos. You got some, you got some white ones, you got some blue ones, you got some red ones for Fourth of July. Okay, so like a two-two-one kind of combo. Okay, sure. Yeah, it's fair. You know, I draft picks. I'd that, ship the five picks, like in the equivalent of five picks, if that's players in sure, there as well. Sure. Uh, if he's marketed at fair fair value, his his useful life is probably like, let's say another eight years of guaranteed production up until he's thirty. Going along with what you're talking about, Kirk Cousins most likely done after this year. Maybe they re-enter the draft. Maybe after this season, we're all kind of feeling the number one overall season. I didn't hear it directly out of your mouth, Peter, but I feel like you're feeling Jefferson pretty high this year. Hundred you know, percent. Maybe after this upcoming season with Kirk leaving, maybe that is the time you cash in on a five first round deal. Just some ludicrous amount of fantasy assets. Maybe this upcoming season, that's something we look forward to. Um, if they're going to be entering the draft and trying to really rely on a rookie or, you know, some tier quarterback while they're trying to rebuild and are going for it. Yeah, looking at the 2023, again, we, we look pretty far forward here. Again, it is Dynasty, the 2023 fantasy free agents uh, moving forward at the quarterback position. The best one out there, outside of Tom Brady, but he probably won't go to Minnesota, <laughs> knowing yeah. Tom, uh, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Baker yeah. Mayfield, Sam Darnold. So it's probably most likely most likely going to be the draft for the Vikings. Right, right. All right, moving on. Last topic we're going to touch on uh, from our report section, Alvin Kamara suspension looming. I think we were thinking around six games. Last time we checked, uh, took a little temperature check on Alvin. What are you guys thinking about this moving forward? Hey, right when right when this news broke, I picked up Mark Ingram and Tony Jones. I mean, if I can get a nice running back too for literally off the waivers, I'll take that all day. I mean, Alvin's 26. Mark Ingram's 31, which is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Tony Jones is 24, but I think they're going to have to run the ball. Uh, we had one kid in our league, Kev K. Shout out Kev K. Made the joke that Taysom's going to be the running back one. Um, <laughs> hey, Sean's not him. there to protect him anymore. <laughs> right. It's true, but Al, I mean, if, if I own Alvin and I'm a competitor, I think you missed the time to sell. I 1000% agree. I think there was a point in time for about two months where we forgot that he was going to be suspended. Everyone was just tapping him in for his usual workload, his amount of catches per season. I, I, you know, the dude's getting old. That team itself is trending downwards. If you ask me, they're getting close to a rebuild. Mark Ingram. I had him on my squad that you picked up. I was kind of upset. I didn't hold on to, to him for a little longer, but at the same time, I do think they're going to add some more running backs to that room probably prior to that suspension, maybe after, but I do think they're going to pick up some, some vets and kind of just crowd that backfield. It's going to be tough for them to rely on Mark Ingram and Tony Jones, who 
you know, just showed us a little hot flash in the pan during the preseason. So I think, um, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know who's out there, but I'm sure there's some some vets out there uh, with some good NFL run that would look good on that squad. I've been hearing, I mean, we talked about this last week, but imagine if Kareem Hunt doesn't make the Browns team. Oh, dude. And goes to New Orleans. Oh, dude. That R.I.P. Alvin. Dude, talk about a guy that could, like, jump right into Alvin's role. Kareem Hunt can snag catches out of the backfield. If you get a hold of Kareem Hunt right now for any kind of second-round price, two seconds, three seconds, the dude would instantly vault in the first round here in a matter of a couple days. They have just so many. I mean, they have Chubb. They drafted Jerome Ford. They have Dearness. Um, Dearness Johnson. I think Felton's out now, or he's not on the team mm-hmm. anymore. But, I mean, they're not going to keep four running backs on the roster. Um, and out of all those guys, Kareem Hunt's the most expensive, and I think he's a pretty easy cut, if you ask me. Just straight cut. I think I saw a report that they said they wouldn't cut him. Um, and I, I might even be confusing that with one where they're not going to trade him. But I looked up Kareem Hunt, went to the news section on Google. They're talking about Eagles trade here. That would I saw be that. disgusting if you ask. I mean, good professional. Be very sad. Eagles, but that would be sad for Miles Sanders and Kenny Gamewell. Uh, but Kareem Hunt a week ago was just quoted saying he was born and raised in Cleveland. He loved to finish his career there. So I don't know. I think this is an extreme take your shot situation. If you think he's getting moved on, go make your moves. If not, we know what Kareem Hunt is in that Browns offense. All right. That's how we go from Alvin Kamara to Kareem Hunt in one show topic. Let's Love go. It. All right. Uh, before we get into our divisional breakdown, we did have a couple of questions submitted from Twitter. Uh, shout out Steve Ransbottom, uh, writer at FF Faceoff. Uh, he submitted a question on Twitter. Uh, we were looking at Baker Mayfield if he gets traded to Seattle, which again, I have mentioned once, if not a million times on the show, he is not going to get traded. Seattle does not want to win. Why would they trade for a quarterback mm-hmm. if they're not trying to win? Seattle understands their role. They're not competing this year. Baker Mayfield's not going to push them over the top to win the Super Bowl. So why trade for him and give up assets? But they traded two first round picks for Jamal Adams to my beloved Jets. So who knows what's going on up there with Joe Scheiber? I think that's his name. I believe so as well. What are you thinking for DK and Lockett and Fan if Baker does find his way up to Seattle? Is it worth the risk of buying, let's say Lockett? There's no risk in buying DK. He's really young. Let's say the risk of buying Lockett or Fan, because I know Fan and Lockett are completely locked in there. I mean, part of me like wants to say, no, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole just after seeing what Baker did in Cleveland. Um, but then in my mind, like I know how Baker was hurt, and then I also play the card that he's a walk-on and he wants to prove people wrong. So I could see him balling out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think Lockett's value is already so low right now. He's 31, I believe, maybe. Is he? I think he's turned 29 this year. I might be – Thielen might be 31, but – yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting up there in age. And his value, I mean, with Geno Smith, Drew Locke, whoever it is, it's not that high. I mean, you could probably get him for a mid-second. So, I mean, you take that shot. As If I'm a competitor, I think he's a good flex piece, good depth piece. Yeah, I, I think I would be buying into Fant more than Lockett, just the age. I get Lockett's going to be productive, but no, Fant, we've been waiting for him to break out for a long time. And, 
you know, if Baker ended up there, he's already shown a high tendency to target uh, the tight ends in his offense, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper. He's just had too many guys um, to spread those targets out amongst. And I think Noah Fant will be the end-all, be-all tight end room. So I think he's got a pretty good shot to be, uh, you know, the number two or number three target in that offense and a team that's going to be chasing a lot of points. I would be buying into Noah Fant. Um, you know, the 23 class is very highly coveted. If you could slip a late 23 second or a mid 23 second over for Noah Fant, I think that would be a move I'd be willing to make. Yeah, I think Fant's decent enough. Uh, again, he's going to get targets out there in that offense. Knowing that DK and Lockett haven't been the most ironclad players uh, and out there every single week. So I think he will have relevance. I'm willing to buy in on Fant because he is super cheap. DK should not be dropping in value. I am the resident DK hater on the podcast. This is true. And I'm saying to go get him. So maybe I'm just pandering to Max to make him hate me a little bit less today. But no, I, I think DK's value is only going to go up. Yep. I really don't think his value is going to go down from this point. This is an all-time low. He's the wide receiver Whoa. 25 ADP for underdog right now. Uh, in a best ball league so in a best ball league and again in a vacuum dk is incredible dude it's just he's gonna put up the stinkers he's gonna put up the stinkers you know that i nope not not with gino hey man who cares man max you know all too well i know all too well dk went crazy against me in the fantasy playoffs i mean dk and best ball that should be a top 15 option if you ask me regardless quarterback with that size and speed but i want to throw this in here no fan 24 years old maybe turning 25 i don't have the exact days in front of me but i mean we talk about tight ends taking forever to break into their prime all the time no fan we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting he's getting to that age getting right into the prime of his career i'm like getting more excited about no fan as i sit here right now all right let's get into some divisional Breakdowns right now. All right, NFC East, the NFC Beast, and or NFC Least, depending on the year. All the uh, <laughs> all the word games that we got: Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Giants. Gentlemen, how do we see them finishing? I got my boys finishing first place. Terrible, right. abysmal. Happy birthday, Dad. You hear that? Max is picking the Cowboys, your team. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's been a lifelong Cowboys fan. Uh, but me personally, I got the Eagles this year. You, you know, they've made some good defensive moves. Peter, you can probably talk on that more than I can. But, you know, you add A.J. Brown to any team, especially with the wide receiver core that they've already had, the, the plethora of running backs they got in that backfield and a guy who can uh, run the ball from behind center and maybe takes a step up as a passer. I think it's the Eagles uh, hand over fist. When I look at the Eagles this year, I see they improved on their weaknesses. They always had a terrible receiving core. It's the uh, the curse of the DK, J. J. Ortega Whiteside over DK. Um, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Jalen Rager, Rager over Justin Jefferson. And you know what Howie decided to do this year? He said, you know what? I'm terrible at drafting wide receivers. I'm just going to trade for one. No doubt. So he, instead of taking Traylon or taking, you know, the next – bust wide receiver in the first round there will be a bust out of this group of guys probably one of them he said let me go get aj brown jalen hurts his best friend best buds that offense got better they have a top five graded offensive line they definitely have a top 10 backfield 
just a plethora of guys that they can mix in and out that are great runners. They're not going to be great for fantasy there. Um, and then the defense was semi-decent last year. They still need help at linebacker. I know Quan Alexander's out there, and I think that they're in talks to maybe get him, which would be huge. But then they get James Bradbury and, and uh, Darius Slay to lock down on each cornerback position. I think they went out and got a safety too. Uh, City of Philadelphia is definitely buzzing right now. I, I keep hearing stuff about the Eagles. Usually you'll hear you know a million different things about the Eagles, even if they're going to suck uh, right now <laughs> during camp. But the buzz definitely feels like if it's not a win this year, it's a definitely mixed season or like a really bad season. So yeah. Philadelphia might riot. Hopefully they don't pull Phillies on us, man. By the way, I got the birds. Yeah, let's go birds. I'm with you. Max, you want to jump in and defend your Cowboys anymore? No, I mean, Peter made a pretty strong argument. I just think that Dallas, they, they're, they're slept on. I mean, they had the best defense last year, I think. I mean, fantasy. I, I get we're talking fantasy and we're talking real life, two different things here. I don't know. I, I believe in Dak. I really, really do. CD is going to have a break, breakout year, a great year. I know you guys believe in CD. We'll touch on him later. Michael Gallup just got signed. Zeke and Tony Pollard. I get that offensive line isn't as good as it used to be, but I never count out the, the Dallas Cowboys. And until I see it from Jalen Hurts in a regular like NFL setting, yes, he's a great fantasy quarterback because of his rushing upside. But until I see him put two and two together, I can't pick the Eagles to win the division. I just can't. A little comeback season from Dak maybe. Yeah. I, I just, I don't trust Jalen to lead a team to the playoffs to, to, to win a division. Jalen's been a winner his whole career. I feel like he's got to, you know, even if his career doesn't last, a, you know, five, seven, ten years, dude's going to have a winning season. I feel like he's built to win. So um, I, was, I was talking to Mario from Philly today, and he said, you know, he found out we were talking about the uh, NFC East, and he says, you know, you got to defend Jalen, right? You got to oh, defend yeah. him against Max. <laughs> you know what we your job going. is. He, he looked at me and he said, look, you have one job today, defend Jalen. Um, and I, I'm a stalwart defender. Yep. I think we're about to get into it here in the, you know, our, our quarterbacks here. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so quarterbacks, who's going to lead the division in the quarterback statistic in fantasy this year? Max, just like your uh, division winner pick, let's hear why you like Dak. I like Dak because I know what I'm getting from Dak. I don't have to rely that Dak's going to get a rushing touchdown and 50 rushing yards like you guys have to rely for Jalen. Like Dak, he adds some rushing upside, yes, but they're a pass-first offense. The line's obviously not that good. But with well, CD, what? It's still it's still good. It's don't not get me wrong. as good. Though. It's not as good as it used to. Be. It's the worst line he's ever had, probably. Yeah, but you know what you're getting with Dak, so I'm just going to take the consistent finishes. I mean, before I get this is two seasons ago, but before the ankle injury and everything, I mean, that man was on a tear. Yeah, so 2021, Dak was the QB7 in points per game. And I, you know, this is from Fantasy Pros. I don't know if it's four point or six point. I would guess six point. Uh, then he was the QB1 in points per game in 2020, but he only played five games. So that kind of stinks. But the dude was just slinging the rock, doing all kinds of things. And then he was the QB3 in 2019. So there's some, you know, the dude's shown top three upside in the past three years maybe limited sample sizes here and there but you're i'm with you on that i'll take the consistency and i don't want to rely like rushing upside is great but i'm gonna take the consistency in deck yeah i you know i love deck this year 
I, I really do. I think he's due for a big bounce back. I think he's a value in drafts. I think he's a value in trades right now. I think, you know, that leg injury he had was no joke. Even if physically he was back to 100% last season, he's got to be seeing some ghosts after what happened to him. He's due for a giant bounce back. I know that losing Amari Cooper is definitely going to, you know, that stinks. But Amari wasn't even that productive while he was there. They added Jalen Tolbert. They got Michael Gallup coming back from the ACL. CD hopefully going to take a leap forward. Sometimes, you know, we've been banking on Aaron Rodgers as a top seven guy, and he's only had Devontae Adams in a relatively weak supporting cast forever. So I could see it with Dak. Maybe he runs more. There's been reports about that, but it's Jalen Hurts for me. I think the rushing upside is going to lend him to a top eight finish guaranteed just based on that. But you add A.J. Brown, you got Devonta Smith, you got Dallas Goddard, who's a tight end we all love. Number just, one projected offensive line next year. Per, all right. Pro That's football a, focus. So the dude's going to have time to sit back and throw in the po- in the pocket. The passing upside's there with that weaponry. And then on top of that, we already know what he can do on the ground. So I think he's going to be safe. Jalen Hurts this upcoming season. I think he's going to present a lot of upside. But in Dynasty, if you ask me who I want to have, I would probably side with you, Max. I'll take Dak because I do think he's a lot safer than Jalen long-term. Personally, 100% bias aside, 100%. Mm-hmm. Living in Philadelphia, I still take Jalen Hurts. Ooh, okay. All right. I really I mean, do. In Dynasty, Peter, you take Jalen Hurts? Yes. They're not, they're me, not even committed to him. Well, let me finish with this. There are absolutely zero excuses for him this year. I understand Dak might be decent next year. He might be a top 12 quarterback next year. I just know that Jalen Hurts has a much, much, much higher ceiling. The Cowboys offense has gotten significantly worse, losing the number one wide receiver in the offense and losing number one tackles in that offense as well. Sure. Run game Beyond time. that, they're losing depth. Zeke's another year older. He looked terrible last year. Mike yeah. McCarthy's the head coach. Yeah. I, I just – there's a lot of, of – negative i'm not like an energy person or like a vibe person like a lot of kids my age are i'm not like a uh like not getting good energy from from dallas there's jerry jones talking about wanting sean payton uh i understand if that happens that's cool but it's just really funky down there and i don't trust anything that happens down there philadelphia is a well-run organization I understand that there is a chance that they don't take Jalen Hurts into the 2023 season. This is all I'll say. He has the number one offensive line. He has a probably top six to top eight wide receiver. He has a top five young receiver. And he has a plethora of backs. And the defense is decent. I think the only way this team doesn't win nine games and go above 500 is if Jalen Hurts gets hurt and they got to play a backup. And the only way they don't make it into the playoffs is that is if that entire team gets just demolished. Sure. Right. Beyond this, this is what I'm going to wrap up with. Everyone's always saying, Oh, you know, I don't want Jalen Hurts in fantasy. It's completely dependent on his run game. You know, X, Y, Z, right down a stretch. You are hundred percent right. Down the stretch was not a good look for Jalen Hurts. He was putting barely putting up 20 points, right? But this is what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the first seven weeks, which is before they started that run-heavy offense when they realized they needed to run the ball. When Jalen Hurts was throwing, he was averaging 35 attempts in those first seven weeks, which is 
pretty good for a starting quarterback. Yeah. Pretty good. Right. And then on top of that, you get the rushing upside. So he was averaging those 35 attempts. Sirianni wants to pass the ball. That's his ideal offense. Last year, he didn't have the talent at wide receiver to do it. And Jalen Hurts wasn't developed enough. Jalen Hurts has been putting in the work this offseason, and they add a number one wide receiver in A.J. Brown. I think they are going to throw the ball a lot more this upcoming season. A lot, a lot, a lot more. Beyond this, everybody always says, oh, it's a nail biter with Jalen Hurts, whatever. I, I'm always so nervous. Six out of 15 games, he ended up out of 15 games played. He ended up below 20 points with most of them finishing in the high teens. Five out of 15 games finished upward of 24 points, which is what you love to see from your quarterback. He averaged 21 points on the season and was a QB nine with barely throwing anything down the stretch. He has top three upside and graspable top three upside this year. You laid out a nice argument. I'm with you. But a um, couple stats here. Uh, on keep trade cut, dynasty-wise, Dak is QB7 and Jalen is QB10. Over on Fantasy Pros, uh, we got Jalen at QB7 and Dak at QB8 from Fantasy Pros ADP. So, I mean, I think if you're How much out of there, that is the Cowboys bias? I, that, that's a very good question. But I think if you're kind of stuck in between those two guys, you know, you got similar values. I think you could probably get pretty close to a straight up offer depending on your window. I think I'd rather have Jalen as a competitor. And I think as a rebuilder, I'll just take the safety and deck. Final comment, Max. No, it's just talking Jalen like this is, he can't throw the football. Like I, I, I do think AJ Brown is going to have a great year. I think that AJ Brown is going to help him tremendously. But, like, Dallas Goddard, I don't see how people, like, like the Dallas Goddard train. I, Devonta Smith, like, I am I have him in Dynasty. I'm just waiting for him to go to a new team. I still have to wait two more years. Like, Tell me I, something. I don't see it. Tell me something, Max. I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is Peyton Manning. But Peyton Manning's head was on a spike after his first season. He threw, like, four touchdowns and, like, 13 interceptions. At least Jalen showed some consistency last year when he was throwing down the stretch. Yeah, for 100 yards. Yeah. And then in the offseason, he's been working all summer on learning, on being better at throwing the ball. As, as he should be as a quarterback, he should be working on that every day. Exactly. So I don't get the absolute hatred for the man. That He only threw for 100 yards because they threw like 14 times. It's not the offense that they want to run. I showed you. He wanted to throw 35 times a game. I mean, I, I don't know, man. You, you, we talk about him, and you say the first seven weeks when they didn't win many games, he's throwing 35 times. And then when they turn it around, now they're running the ball more, and he's running the ball more, and they're winning games. I just I don't understand. All right, look, we're not going to get into it. We got a lot of other show topics to get to. Maybe we'll do something on Twitter about it. Who do you believe in more this upcoming season, Jalen Hurts or Dak? Moving on, let's take a look at running back. We all had Saquon here. Uh, I have a little argument for Saquon, but outside of this, do we have any sleepers at the running back position that we like? I mean, I think it's pretty crazy to say, but I, I like Tony Pollard a lot. I think that if Zeke goes down, Tony Pollard will be a honestly top 12 running back. Um, not cutting Zeke to cut into that work. I'm a little worried about Antonio Gibson, so I could see the argument for him too. The Eagles running backs, I don't really want anything to do with them. But I think Tony Pollard's my uh, my sleeper here. Yeah, uh, you know, Zeke's probably mine if I'm a competitor and I got some quick stats. So weeks one through six, Zeke was actually the RB3 in points per game and half PPR scoring. He tore his PCL in week four. 
I think if I'm a competitor right now, you could probably bicker someone into giving you Zeke for two seconds at this point. I think the first round draft capital price is probably out. I mean, if someone's asking for a first rounder for Zeke at this point, don't even bother. He's definitely not worth that. He's an injury away from just being absolutely toast. But if I'm a competitor, I got some second rounders sitting around. I'd be buying Zeke. Maybe he stays healthy. I think he's going to score some touchdowns. I don't think he's the Zeke he used to be, but I think he'll be useful for fantasy, at least for a stretch. Max, this is a question for you. I know I was asking for a first for Tony Pollard last season, probably not giving up a 23 first given his age and Zeke's still in the way, but are you in the 24 first range for him now? Oh yeah, man. I, I'm a, I'll give up 24 first for him. I, I don't really, to me too, like 24, 25. I mean, those picks are basically worthless to me. I got you. Yeah. I mean, me too. I don't, we don't even know who's in the 24 class. I've heard it's actually supposed to be a pretty good class, but Zeke's going to be out of that picture sooner rather than later. I do think Tony, he's never shown an inability to not handle work. Um, He's also just never shown the ability to handle 18 to 20 carries a game. So we'll see what they actually want to use him as. But if I'm a competitor, I'm loving to get my hands on him. Even if I'm a rebuilder over the next two, three seasons, I think Tony Pollard's going to be a guy. Um, absolutely. But Zeke's probably my sleeper in this one, just because the age, the amount of work that he's seen, I think if he stays healthy, I think he's, he's going to disappoint Tony, Tony Pollard owners. And I think he's going to score competitors points. Give me Gibby. Yeah. Give I, me like Gibby. I like I'll, I'll buy in on the dip on Gibby a hundred percent. I think everybody's really scared right now of the murky backfield, which they should be. We're not here to deny that, but He's had a couple great finishes back-to-back years. Ron Rivera obviously wants to keep him on the field, which is why he got some extra backs. But I think they start to split work more down in Dallas. That offensive line got worse. I really don't see Philadelphia having one setback. So if it's not going to be Saquon, I feel like it has to be Gibson for me. I, I like that one, and I just want to jump out and say I'm not scared of Brian Robinson stealing work from Antonio Gibson in a large sense. I don't. I think it's going to be very marginal. I think the person to worry about is J.D. McKissick. I would love to have my hands on him, especially if I'm in full PPR. He's a great zero RB guy. He's a great depth guy. J.D.'s electric when he's in the game and Antonio Gibson's out. I, uh, I'm i with you, Peter, though. I'm not scared of Brian Robinson. I think this backfield's going to be very much the same as it was last year. Gibson, I'm scared of, you know, efficiency is how he got to a top 10 running back. A lot of touchdowns being scored, but I don't think they're out on him. I don't think they've given us a whole lot of indications um, that they're out on him. Brian Robinson, I'm just really not worried on him. So I am 100% uh, in on the Antonio Gibson sleeper pick here. Yeah. And then really quick, I did want to touch on Saquon. Obviously he had that RB1 finish, right? That incredible, incredible, incredible RB1 finish as a rookie. Then the next year he goes to 10 finish. Then the year he tears his ACL, we don't count the finish. And then last year he finished as the RB30, 3-0. On the season. Not good. Not good. Um, so I was looking for some trends, just trying to find an argument here for Saquon. And I, I found one. I was looking at pro football focus offensive line rankings, which is why I was able to list them off earlier a little bit. The 2018 season, Saquon had the 21st best offensive line. The following year, the 17th best offensive line. And then moving into Last season, the Giants were the 30th best offensive line, Hmm. right? So I was starting to think, okay, 21, functional, 17, functional, 
you know, not great, but he's going to get the work X, Y, Z, especially as a rookie with the juice. You know, he got the work, even though it's the 21st. And it made me think of a running back who finished pretty high, who had a terrible offensive line from this past season. I thought of Najee Harris, right? Najee Harris, the 26th best offensive line last year was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got a lot of work, was able to find that efficiency in running. Again, getting those three yards per carry or four yards per carry for a million different carries, right? He was able to break that top five threshold last year uh, as a as a running back in his rookie season. So I saw some similarities between him and Saquon. Now, when we're looking at that running back spot, you can't have like a bottom six offensive line. Moving into next year, Pro Football Focus already put out their rankings. They're back, the Giants. The Giants offensive line is back. They got Andrew Thomas uh, at left tackle, and then they got the Evan Neal kid out of Alabama is going to be their other bookend tackle. They've invested in that offensive line even though they were abysmal last year. And I know Andrew Thomas has not been the greatest guy, but he definitely got better as the season went on. As the 18th best offensive line in 2022, I think Saquon is primed to be another year off that ACL and be able to potentially have that top 10 upside again that that we're used to seeing from him. I'm a thousand percent with you. I think more often than not, you want to bet on guys that have already shown you they can do it. Um, you know, Travis Etienne's a hot name flying around right now. So I'm looking at Fantasy Pro's ADP for Dynasty, half PPR scoring here. And Saquon Barkley is currently going as the RB14 behind Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara, Javante Williams, and then uh, pretty much your top eight. Oh, Dalvin Cook is currently the running back five which seems a little bit high to me so if i could get dalvin cook traded over for saquon plus uh, that's something i'd definitely be willing to do right now if i had elvin Kamara right now he's currently being valued higher than saquon barkley i would do that thing straight up if you could get more on top of saquon that just feels like an absolute steal to me so saquon's a guy i'm definitely investing in nixie I know you're invested in him. I think you're ready for a big year out of him. You have CMC on that same squad. I think both of these guys are due to bounce back. I think this running back um, group that we have this season, I think it's a weird one where we got James Connor and Leonard Fournette at the top, whereas they were like, I mean, out of the top 24, just a handful of seasons ago. I think the guys that are supposed to be in the top five are going to be back in the top five. I'm feeling Saquon. I'm feeling CMC. I'm loving your team. Um, and I love everything you said, Peter. Yeah, I, I really, I, I think the Giants are going to be a surprisingly good team this year. I think the only way they can really go is. Well, oh, well, what is good? I think they'll be surprisingly decent. Wandale Robinson. I think plus, they'll be the plus yards. I think they'll be the best team in New York. <laughs> you really do? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> if you think they'll be the best team in New York, I'll take that. No, I oh, don't. that'd be a good um, bet. I was going to well, say the Bills. After the year is over, I was going to say, <laughs> hand me that money. The Bills are in New York. The best team in New Jersey. The Meadowlands. The, the best team that ho is home to the Meadowlands. Neither here nor there. I think you made a lot of good points about Saquon. Um, when we were talking about, obviously, Nick C's team. And for the listeners that don't know, um, Nick C and Peter are probably the two heavyweights. Would you guys agree? Sure. I'm Cassius Clay, though. I'm Muhammad Ali. Okay, you're at Muhammad Ali. But, I mean, Nick C, he has Mahomes, and then he has running backs are Taylor, McCaffrey, and Saquon. 
um, along with Kelsey and Mike Evans and Amari Cooper. Honestly, I don't know about you guys. I would love to see like a Twitter poll um, for Nick C and Peter's team, like who you guys give the edge to. Yeah. I think it's really, really close. Um, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you have Jalen Hurts, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Diggs, Mark Andrews, and Keenan Allen. Um, that's that's right on the nose. Good, good. Max is um, on the sleeper app, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could probably list anyone's team. I, I I have a bad addiction to the sleeper app. But I think Saquon's due for a big year. And Peter, your argument, I like your logic behind it. And he's just a freak athlete. We forget that he was drafted top, what? Two. Two overall. Yeah. Which is the, the ultimate Dave Gettleman pick. Like, it should yeah. never happen. Right. It should never happen. But, like, the draft capital is there. He's he's going to have a big year. Like, just talking about it, he's going to have a big year. What are you willing to spend on him, 23 draft capital-wise? Am I a competitor or a rebuilder? You're going for it. If not going for it, you're a kind of, like, middle contender, per se. You'd need one move to to push your chips in. I do a 23 first and I do a whole 23 class. But whoo, I think, man, Nixie, if you were selling Saquon in our one quarterback, what is it? 12 people, half PPR league. What, what would it take to get him off the plate? If it were 23 uh, draft capital. I feel like two firsts and maybe a little bit more. And I mean, we're probably there. If I'm being Frank, I mean, I bought him for, two firsts that were kind of one was an early first and then a mid first in the 21 class ended up killing me because it was Jamar Chase and <laughs> uh, Waddle or something like that. But I don't know. I would say probably like two twenty three first plus like a, a second. And that's probably even an overpay in some people's minds. Sure. Yeah, I think I, I would not, I would not pay two twenty three first for Saquon at all. I mean, if he hits, great, he could be worth that. Like, but I think that's like his peak. Like, I think right now, there's still a lot of question marks. That's why I'm yeah. I'm only paying like the first and the second. I and I think that's good to know. I think if that's the price, I think people are buying into Saquon if they have them on their roster currently. And I think if you do have him on your roster, I think you hold on to him because I think in the middle of the season to the right person, he could definitely be worth what Nixie's asking. Just with the way 23 first and stuff are going right now, I'd give up a mid 23 first. Um, you know, like 104 or later, maybe not 104. I don't know. That seems a little rich to me for a running back, but 105 and later. Yeah. If I need him. He's my last piece. That's probably something I would pay. All right. Let's keep it moving. Wide receiver. Taking a look at the wide receivers, Max, you have the differing opinion here. Let's talk about it. I do. And, you know, I, I kind of just surprised you I, do. Yeah. I kind of just picked him just to be different a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I am a big AJ Brown fan. Um, I'm really excited to hear your CD Lamb argument. I'll spoil the the T for you guys. Peter and Jay's both pick CD Lamb, but I think that AJ Brown he's had two good like great years with Ryan Tannehill. And as much as I do not like Jalen Hurts, I think he's better than Ryan Tannehill. Oof. And Oof. what? I think Tannehill is probably better as a passer. As a passer, for sure. I don't. I Tannehill's not a bad passer, Max. I can't stand Ryan. Like, <laughs> I, I hate Jalen Hurts, but I don't like Ryan Tannehill. But <laughs> it does go to the fact of the offensive line and that there's A.J. Brown and Jalen. Like, I like the chemistry that they have, one. I like the offensive line. 
and I've seen the consistency of A.J. Brown over the past couple of years. So if he can stay healthy, I think he finishes as the top wide receiver in the division. I absolutely love A.J. Brown. I really do. I am worried, though. The passing pie, you know, I think they're going to meet somewhere in the middle. I don't think they're going to be the 32nd team in pass attempts per game like they were towards down the stretch. But at the same time, I think they're going to be somewhere in the middle. I think they're going to be very San Francisco 49ers esque kind of team bottom third of the league in pass attempts probably if not you know half up in the league AJ Brown's gonna have to be super efficient to beat CD Lamb in my mind I think a lot of volumes coming his way and Peter you think a lot of volumes coming his way I think you should kind of expand on your stats and then I'll jump back in um, with something I want to mention yeah just two seconds on AJ Brown if it wasn't for CD Lamb here, and again, people are going to say, Peter, a couple of weeks ago, you were like, CD Lamb stinks. It's true. I've come to a realization after statting it out, which I'm going to come and say here, I think he is going to finish as the best receiver just because of the vacant targets that we've talked about a lot, right? Vacant targets usually go to the running back. I have a whole baked in statistical, I wouldn't call it a model, but just a probable outcome. No, call it a model. No, it's not a model. No, no, no. Everyone that has an Excel spreadsheet calls their their Excel spreadsheet a model. I don't care how simple. This is all I'm going to say. I was an MIS. I was an MIS and statistics major in college, like on top of all the accounting stuff too. I'd lose all credibility with my work friends. I called it a model. Work friends, help them out. This is a model. Fantasy football experts listening. He's got a model. Okay. All right. Friends, Peter. I really am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to argue here. I'm trying to get into the, your model. Yeah. Let's get going. The math model. All right. So when we look at Amari Cooper's departure from Dallas last year, obviously it's going to hurt the offense. Uh, Amari Cooper, if you statted it out, had about seven catches a game. It was 6.99. Uh, catches per game. Nice. Nice. Um, so when you stat that out over a 17 game season, his effective volume would be 119 targets. Obviously that's not catches, just targets. So 119 targets. Now let's say that CD lamb in this offense is not going to get hundred percent of those targets. And then hundred percent of his normal targets. Right. I think a fair way to average it out would be to give him 25% of Amari Cooper's targets. Assume that 25% go to Michael Gallup, 25% go to Schultz, 25% go to the running backs or the 25% splits among, you know, all the different other pieces. So 25% of 119 roughs out to about 30. So then we take 30 targets and we're not going to assume that he catches all 30 targets. We're going to assume a statistical average of a 60% pass completion percentage. So if he completes back 60% of the passes to CD Lamb, I hope you're staying with me on the math. 60% of those 30 targets is going to be 18. That means CD Lamb is going to have an extra 18 receptions this upcoming year if we follow the model. Now I looked at CD Lamb's yards per catch as of last year. And yards of ca- yards per catch, a lot of people say it doesn't count because people take them to 100 yards. It caps after 25. So after 25 yards, it usually caps. Mm-hmm. So on average, CD Lamb caught 13.9 yards per catch or 14. We multiply by get it right around that number. 18 receptions times the 14 or 13.9 gets us right around 252 yards. Now, 
18 receptions, half point PPR, gets us nine points. 252 yards, gets us 25.2. And let's just say, just like we mentioned earlier, CD Lamb gets a quarter of Amari's departure. Amari had eight touchdowns last year. Let's add two extra touchdowns to CD Lamb's seasons la- season last year. So that would come out to a total of 46.2 points, 25.2 for the yardage, nine extra points for the completions, and then 12 extra points for the touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb finishes the wide receiver 18 last year. Any guesses out there to what he would finish with this extra 46.2 points? I've already seen it, but off the top of my head, I would definitely say top 10. I would say seven, but I don't know. <laughs> this guy's a funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> wide receiver seven. He finishes as the wide receiver seven if he's able to catch. Think about that. Just 18 more balls, get a quarter of a thousand extra yards. Obviously, it's a lot. But based on the target share that's coming in, yards per catch that we can calculate out and just say a positive regression on touchdowns of two based on Amari's departure. I think it's it's within the realm of possibilities, and it's more possible than people think. Let's say the minimum would be 15% of Amari's balls. The major would be pause 35. Yeah, pause. <laughs> the higher end would be 35%, which I really don't think is going to happen. So meet right in the middle, 25%. He finishes the wide receiver seven. He has a completely different outlook and is probably talked about in like that top three dynasty asset. Uh, the conversation a little bit more fairly with Chase and Jefferson. Easily. I I love that. I think he's due for a giant season. I've said this a couple times. We are so accustomed to the year two breakout nowadays. I mean, of course, with Justin Jefferson, who just like we saw his rookie season, we're like, he can't do better than that. And then he went out and did. And we've seen it all across the board, different positions. Even T. Higgins into his second year showed flashes his second year points per game wise, the games that he was putting up massive compared to his rookie season. But what we should be used to because it's happened more historically is the year three breakout. And this is CD lamb's third year. And I also think that's something that's kind of interesting. I don't know how to feel about this. Maybe you guys kind of have some perspective on it, but in 2020 CD lamb ran 84.7% of his snaps out of the slot. In 2021, that dropped all the way down to 32.3%. So I don't really know what was going on there. That's a giant disparity between the two. So maybe he's going to be 50% nowadays, meet you know uh, a 40-60 split or a 50-50 split. I think they're going to move him all over the place. He's shown the ability to win at both positions. You know, they lost Amari. I think he's going to get some of those vacated targets. But I also think that team could be chasing points here and there. And I think um you know Dak last season we kind of talked about him earlier but Dak was chucking the snot out of the ball uh prior to last season upwards to 50 times a game and they're you know protecting him last season coming off that devastating leg injury that we've talked about I think the Cowboys are going to be airing it out I think CeeDee Lamb's going to be lined up all over the place I think um him lining up in the slot and showing the ability to line up in the slot at a 80 plus percent rate his rookie season I think the targets are just coming his way I don't think it matters if you think CD's a great transcendent wide receiver. I think it's like a Najee Harris argument. I think the volume is going to be there and volume usually equals fantasy success. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Jace on that. The, the arguments for CD lamb this upcoming season are, are pretty valid. And again, I was a hater. I'm reformed. I've seen the light. 
which is statistics and analytics. So I've seen the light. I've, I've thought it through. Is he a top five fantasy asset? I don't think, I think he's like right outside the top 10 for me, just barely outside the top 10 for dynasty. Overall. Um, but overall, yeah. But if he can finish as the wide receiver seven this year, you know, he's going to sneak into that top five conversation hundred percent. Sure. That means he's straight up winning you weeks. He's finished as wide receiver seven. If you could flip Justin Jefferson for CD lamb in an early to mid 23 first, is that a move you're willing to make to move off of Jefferson right now? No. A hundred percent. Absolutely not. <laughs> One thousand percent. I would as well. I would as well. How about this, Max? You go out and get Jefferson. I'll go out and get a 23 first and CD and we make it happen. If it was possible, if I, if it was possible to get Jefferson, I would a hundred percent do that. I don't think they're that far up at all. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson is great. I offered a kid ETN Kittle and Devonta Smith for Justin Jefferson, which I thought was an overpay. ETN question mark Devonta Smith probably not going to get the ball much and Kittle's cool. All right, I understand it, but it's like just Justin Jefferson is he's great. I'm not denying that. We talked about him earlier in the episode, but he can only do so much. He can only put up so many fantasy points. Sure. And like if I'm getting what was it an early 23 first, early to mid 23 first in CD for Jefferson. If I'm getting pick 104 and it is like. I don't even know. 104 and CD Lamb for Justin Jefferson. Every day that ends in Y and twice on the other day. <laughs> I think that's a deal that might be floating around leagues right now. I think that's the price to get Jefferson. And I think some people could be relatively low on CD. So if you're out Jay's there right the now, tie. I, I would uh, I would take the CD in the 23 first, Ooh. even if it was even if it was down to 106. Chase, you go get him. I'll do the deal with you. I'll do the deal tonight. Dude, I, I I would love to. I just I'm worried about the quarterback situation moving forward in Minnesota after this upcoming season. All right. We've talked about wide receiver long enough. Let's move into tight end and then wrap up the show for everyone. Tight ends coming up. Max, Jace, and I all have three different answers. Yeah, baby. Let's actually start the start this off with Jace because we we've usually started with Max. Yeah, so I'll start us off here. I got uh, Dalton Schultz as my tight end here. I was going to say, I think he's the only guy out of this group that could finish number two on the team in targets, but I take that back. Kittle could easily be the number one or number two target in San Francisco, but I just think the disparity between how much Dallas is going to throw the ball and the 49ers are going to throw the ball, I think it's just, I think it's a giant disparity. So Dalton Schultz, I think he showed us what he was about last season. I think he's going to be stable. I think he's going to be rock solid. And I think that consistency over a season is going to win out over the boom bust games that Kittle can provide. No hate to Kittle. Kittle, Mr. Joker, if you're listening to this podcast by chance, no disrespect. I think you're probably the best tight end in the league overall. I, no disrespect to you either, Mr. Travis Kelsey, if you're listening. What about the Mandrews? Yeah, disrespecting the Mandrews. Yeah, what yeah, about Jared I'm, Cook? Yeah, Jared Cook. Yeah, I you know, absolutely I just, disrespect to Jared Cook right now. I yeah, sorry, Jared. But um all around blocking, receiving, yards after the catch. I think Kittle, if he were in Travis Kelsey's position, would just be the most legendary tight end of all time. I really respect what he does on the field, but it often leads to him getting injured. I'm not projecting that, but I also think that offense with Trey Lance leading the squad, I, I'm worried about the variance. I think Kittle's gonna win you weeks, but 
over the course of the season, I think Dalton Schultz ends up scoring more points per game. And I think he probably ends up racking up more points. I just, I, I wanted to pick Dalton Schultz, but I go and I read his bio. They're far away on contract negotiations. I just worry of him sitting out or like he had this one good year. Yes. But I just worry that he could become like Austin Hooper in Atlanta, you know? That is very true. But Austin Hooper left and then went to the Browns. Dalton, I think, will end up staying there. You know, my man's a tight end. He's not a wide receiver. I don't think he's going to get one of these big fat bags that everyone else is getting like Terry McLaurin. He can certainly try, but his situation's not getting better than where it is, especially with Michael Gallup recovering from that ACL. Jalen Tolbert, a rookie. Sure, people really like him. Me personally, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm chasing the guy that can be the number two on a pass-happy offense, but Max, I don't even uh, – did you reveal your guy? Not yet. Ooh, you want to you wanna let the people know? Yeah, I'm going I'm going with a, kind of a wild card. We all know he's Peter. I like Jones. it. Um, but I'm going with Logan Thomas. I like uh, it. We, yeah. yeah. We, we kind of forgot about him last year, obviously because he was hurt. But in the first three games last year, he played 100% of the snaps, 10.5, 7, and 10.2. I mean, the man, he's just like, he's a physical freak. He's six foot six, 250 pounds. I don't like him. Quarterback. Like, yeah, former quarterback. But I mean, he's a red zone threat, you know, and everyone's going to be focusing on Terry. They're going to be focusing on Dotson and Curtis Samuel and Gibson. Carson Wentz, I mean, don't get me wrong, but didn't him and Zach Ertz have a pretty good connection there in Philadelphia, Peter? I would say so. They had probably a top five tight end quarterback connection. Yeah, I like that. And another reason that I really like Logan Thomas this year, well, one, his value is dirt cheap. I mean, you could probably 100%. pick him up. For Back and second. Yeah. Um, but also his stretch that he starts the year off of, Jacksonville and Detroit. I mean, he picks it up. People start remembering his name after Jacksonville. That's a sell high. Boom, sell high right in that window. So, I mean, I just think for the value, the early start that of the year, and the quarterback connection with the tight end, with the height, give me give me Logan Thomas, man. Yeah, he's uh, currently being valued as tight end 20 in 2022 redraft ADP, according to Dynasty Pros. So, you know, this is Dynasty podcast, but redraft rankings show you a little temperature check on how people are feeling right now. You said back in second, you could probably get Logan Thomas for, I mean, if you drafted Greg Dulcich, in the third round of your last rookie draft, you might even be able to send him straight up over for Logan Thomas if you're a competitor. And I think that's a worthwhile trade. I like Logan Thomas. I like where you're going with the argument, but I, I can't let my man be denied here. Oh, and this God. is I'm, I'm not an Eagles homer. I'm not. I'm an Eagles realist. This is what I'm going to read you. In the offense that was not pass heavy. So this is after week seven. Down the stretch, Dallas Goddard after the trade deadline, after Zach Ertz left, these were his fantasy finishes. 8.7 points, no touchdown. I think that's a fair tight end week, whatever. League average, a little bit better than league average tight end week. He has a stinker against New York where he's only targeted three times. And then after that, this is where it gets interesting. 25-17 four and then 10 how many touchdowns in that span four two he had over 100 yards in two of those games 
And then in another one of those games, he had 71. The game where he had four points, he only had 30 yards. It was He was only targeted four times. And it That's must have just been a run-happy game. No, because we can't keep having this. This It's going to be a run-happy game, Peter. It's not going to be a run offense. Nick Sirianni's already come out and said they want to throw the ball more. If Ertz is going to see 96% of snaps, going to see, let's say, seven targets a game, six, seven targets a game, he's going to put up weeks where he's got over 100 points. Uh, sorry, over 100 yards. And especially if you sneak in touchdowns. You sneak in touchdowns here or there. Again, we were talking about it last week on the podcast when we were talking about Mark Andrews. It's important to have a tight end that's going to have fantasy value outside of touchdowns. He's giving you outside of touchdowns value here. Yeah. I also, I, you said Ertz. I think you definitely meant Goddard there. Did I say Ertz at the start? You, you, you said Ertz at one point in there. Oh, no, but, that's uh, terrible. The, the people knew what you were talking about. But hey, at the same time, I was on here comparing Dalton Schultz to George Kittle, who's not even in this division. I got a little ahead of myself. Thank sure. you guys for calling me on that one. So, you know, that's a little preview to next episode. We're not going to get to the other division here today. But, uh, you know, personally, I would uh, I would take Dalton Schultz as my guy. He did outscore George Kittle uh, last season in points per game. And J- Dallas Goddard, you know, I think A.J. Brown throws a big knot in the rope. I think that really hurts. But week to week, I think he's going to be a great fantasy piece. I think he's going to get open. I think DBs and linebackers are going to be distracted. And I think he's going to have his spike weeks. I just think that consistency is going to be tough to come by. I think there's going to be a lot of three-target, four-target games in the mix. But he's always been highly efficient. He's been a guy kind of like George Kittle, where he's a catch-and-run guy. He makes things happen after the catch. There's a reason they traded Ertz and left the tight end room to him. But I just think, man, even if they're, you know, bottom of the top third of the league in pass attempts, all those passers are going to A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Hurts, of course, is going to take off and run and dump some passes off here and there. I think you're just really basing yourself on efficiency. But I'm not a hater. I'm definitely a Dallas Goddard guy. If I'm going, like, later great tight end strategy, I think, you know, Dallas Goddard, you're going to be able to pick him up for relatively cheap, and I think he's going to win you some weeks here and there. Peter, where do you think Dallas Goddard finishes as a tight end? Top six. I'll bet you that he doesn't finish in the top eight. Well, why would I do that? I think he finishes top six. You're going to give me two extra spots? Yes. That's you want to know where he finished last year? Sure. I think he finished his 11. So last year in half point PPR finished his 10. And then. And that's uh, because he split snaps for 12 weeks. Sure. And then um, he's currently going as the tight end eight in front of Dawson Knox and behind Dalton Schultz in half PPR scoring in 2022 redraft. Uh, drafts so that's kind of a little feeler on how people are feeling about him this upcoming season i almost want to give you t- he won't finish in the top 10 honestly mm, okay be that's relatively reasonable bet but i'm gonna do eight but you said you want to give me 10 i wanted to peter oh, <laughs> your charity <laughs> ran out you got you got him too fired up earlier man if you give me elijah more i'll give you 10 <laughs> you know what i might have to give you more just for the insurance um no i'll take that i'll take that here we go i'll take that dinner you want to bet dinner and a dinner a pizza little philly cheesesteak and some fries eight dollars 
Well, look, let's let's do. I think Dallas Goddard wears number eighty-eight too, so it'd be very fitting. Hey, look, I'll we'll do this. We'll do a pizza bet. Eight slices of pie. Eight slices. There it is. Pizza. There you go. There you Eight go. Eight slices for our bet. Beautiful. Okay. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap up the episode. Nice little bet to finish it off. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever you want us to address on the podcast, follow us at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Nick C. and Jace have been killing it over there on the Twitter, keeping up engagement. Again, at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, if you forgot how to spell, on Twitter. Uh, again, daily polls, putting out a lot of content over there, so definitely check us out. We wanted to thank you for making it all the way to the end, and we're going to be teasing our jersey giveaway for our one-year anniversary that is coming up on the podcast. We're really excited to give away that jersey, and uh, we're going to be teasing it on the Twitter again. So at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter, Definitely follow us on Twitter. Nixie and I sat down, built out a really nice plan. We're going to get Peter and Max involved. We're going to get our opinions out there. We're running polls, open-ended things. Engage with us. We're going to be really active on that thing. We want to use that as a tool for us to build the podcast to then in return use this podcast as a tool for you. So I think we got some really good things cooking. I feel like this podcast is kind of at like a new ground zero. This is the new foundation we're building and we're about to skyrocket. We're putting a bunch of effort into this thing and we really want to succeed for you guys and with you guys, uh, not for ourselves. So let's make this thing happen. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, like Jay said, we are really, I mean, 46 weeks in, it's, it's tough to say we're, we're at ground zero because I mean, we've been grinding a long, long time, but it's a slow grind. Like Dearness Johnson says, and yeah, you guys can get in now and I mean, it's crazy to think, but I just feel like with like having a producer like Nick C and Jason him running the Twitter and then Peter's personality as a host, like I think the podcast and your ability to make fun of me. I didn't want to add that, <laughs> but uh, I'm really excited for the future. And if you're still listening to the pod, I want to drop a little Easter egg. Ooh. Uh, so if you're still listening all the way to the end, you DM me and I'll give you the first letter of the jersey giveaway Ooh, little hint all right all right all right thanks everyone for making it to the end again subscribe on apple pod follow us on twitter and we'll see you next week peace 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 thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast fancy some fantasy advice tweet or dm at dynasty monarchy on twitter until next time Farewell, my fellow kings and queens!